All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today on First Cup, we've got a bunch of stuff that you all wrote in that I'm going to talk about. I've already forgotten what it is because I haven't had any coffee yet. So stick around. We go jump in in 15 seconds. Grab a cup of something to drink and come hang out. Oh. Oh. Got to stretch for the show. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh. Completely unplanned. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Today is Tuesday. It's August 3rd, 2021. My name is Jeremy. This is my first cup of coffee. Mm, that is hot. Ever notice that coffee tastes different depending on how hot it is? Like if it's really hot, you don't taste it that much because you're just like, <gasps> just trying to drink the coffee. Good morning, Dennis, my friend. I hope to see you soon. Dennis. Dennis is one of my favorite training partners. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah, so we're still doing this, this new thing with the StreamYard software. If you've got a comment, drop it in the chat. And I'll answer. Which one should I leave on? Should I leave this on at the bottom? I think I'm going to leave that on for a little bit. Okay. Um, so I'm 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 getting used to this new life. It's weird. Um, still can't talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. So thank you for that for not talking about it. <laughs> uh, but good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Stacy. Uh, yesterday was a decent day. Um, held it together, got some work done. Um, most of it was pretty good. Uh, I got another batch of apple butter going. I really need to stop calling what I've already put up apple butter. It's really more applesauce. I didn't cook it down a lot. Uh, this batch needs to get cooked down more. Now, now that I've got a bunch put up, I'm, I'm good to go. I can, I can start experimenting more. I got Costco had jars. I bought jars on Sunday. Did not expect to find good price on jars there. So I bought two cases, plenty to put up. Because it's just start. I mean, holy cow. It's it's August 3rd. I got blueberries to pick. The every how many apple trees do I have, you guys? Uh one, two, three, fifteen, twelve, I don't know. And they're all productive this year. This has never happened. And the pears are killing it. And I've got, I got, I got peas. I got to go pick. The tomatoes are starting to come in. This is a crazy time of year. It really is. Uh, this place is like a really small farm. Probably the best way to describe it. I went to the gym. Um, I think that's it really didn't do a whole lot. Now, today's going to be a, a, an interesting day. Um, so I talked about before, I have Invisalign, right? So we're on week, what is this, 21, 22? It's been going for a few months now. I change these things out once a week. But today I have to go in because they're literally, because the bottom teeth are so crowded and they always have been. The only way they can 
keep moving them is they're going to I, I love I love this acronym IPR and it stands for interproximal reduction, which sounds like this really complicated medical procedure like they're going to go in and there's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff and tools and surgery and anesthesia. No, they're literally going to take thin strips of sandpaper and sand down each side of the teeth that need to move. That's it. Uh, apparently, it's like a 15-minute appointment. So I'm going to spend more time driving one way than the entire appointment. But the teeth are moving. Like, it's kind of neat. Like, I might actually not have crooked teeth when we're all done, which is crazy to me because I've always had crooked teeth. The other thing, and I shared this on my personal Instagram because I'm not, I'm not comfortable throwing my stuff over on Whistlekick. It just doesn't seem right, uh, at least at this point for most of it. But as most of you know, I've been experimenting with TikTok, trying to come up with stuff, and I haven't posted anything. In, I haven't posted anything in days for obvious reasons. I just, my heart wasn't in it. And I had this idea. Now, for those of you that don't know, Psy, be right back. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. I'm still right here. These things. Okay. So these things. This was uh, my preferred weapon when I was a kid competing. I like side or fun. Okay. I got to lean back because these things are a little long. But if you watch... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The turtles have three fingers, and Raphael holds them like this, and it's always bugged me. And I said, you know, what What would happen if I take my fingers up and I gave myself three fingers? Well, first off, I could make a, a, a Vulcan peace sign very easily. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so T Stacy's apparently seen it. The TMNT side video was surprising. So I made a video of me with my fingers taped together using Psy like this and giving Raphael the benefit of the doubt that maybe he had to hold them like this. No, he didn't. There was absolutely no reason to hold them like this whatsoever. <laughs> so that video, my videos typically because I'm still new on TikTok and I don't put a ton of time into it. My videos typically will get a uh, couple hundred views. I woke up this morning. That one was at like 3,400. It's just, it's it, in my version of TikTok is going viral. So that's kind of neat to watch that something that I had fun doing that uh, was mildly educational. People enjoy. Best comment ever from Daniel. Cowabunga, live long and prosper. I love it. That's great, man. Daniel just sent me a, a picture of the whistle kick shirt that he bought. He bought one of the Never. Actually, he was the first person to buy the Never Sell, the new Never Sell shirt. Stacy says that moment on TikTok is always fun. Yeah, yeah waking up to see something going going viral and. Yeah, maybe, maybe some good stuff will come of it. Who knows? Um, TikTok is meant to be 
kind of an entry point for whistle kick. If people, if I can build up my TikTok following and people pay attention to me, and then it's not a, a, a long jump from what Jeremy's doing to what whistle kick is doing. So that's the goal. That's what we're trying to do here. Now I'm going to bring up some Instagram stuff. No, no, I'm not YouTube. I'm going to bring up YouTube. I'm not awake yet. I'm going to bring up YouTube and see what you guys are going to talk about. I didn't see anything under the comments when I looked yesterday on Facebook. So if I've missed something, hopefully you're watching, you know, drop in the chat. Um, nope, nope. All right, that's a good one. How do we want to balance that in? All right, we'll sprinkle this around. And once again, YouTube hiding comments because I don't know why. All right, today marks the 20th anniversary of the release of Rush Hour 2. Did you know that the Rush Hour films, 1, 2, and 3, are the highest grossing martial arts films in the United States of all time? I believe they're 1, 2, and 3. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon's on there. Um, I once dug up this list, and I was mildly offended at Rush Hour 1, 2, and 3. But at the same time, even though... The martial arts in those movies it's good even though it's not at the forefront they were more broadly lovable you know chris tucker's comedy and the story you know it wasn't a, a conventional martial arts film that's quite okay with me <laughs> stacy said stacy says more coffee yeah i completely agree and dennis says had no idea love that series with number two my favorite oh that's great Coffee's cooled down enough. It tastes great. Okay. So I think Frank's got, yeah. Here are some interesting trivia from IMDb. The scene where Carter and Lee are running down the street naked in Hong Kong was an actual take. Production could not block the street off for the shoot. Uh, how many of these we got? We got four, so I'm going to read two, and then I'm going to read Daniel's question, and then we'll come back if we have more time. During the filming of Rush Hour 2 in Las Vegas, about one billion in convincing prop money was blown up during a scene, but some bills escaped destruction and ended up in circulation. The counterfeit dollar bills used in the movie say, in dog we trust. During shooting, some extras walked off the set with some of the fake cash and it eventually ended up in a few casinos in Las Vegas. The situation went so out of control that production was briefly shut down. The FBI subjected the props department to an investigation to determine whether or not they violated the Counterfeit Deterrence Act of 1992. That's really interesting. Do you know what government entity is generally responsible for dealing with counterfeit money? It's not the FBI. It's the Secret Service, and I have no idea why. So Daniel's got this great question here. Let's read it. And he's in the chat, so if I get it wrong or he wants follow-up, we can do this. If you could jump into a time machine and go back to September 2019, 2018, so pre-COVID, I don't know if you meant 2019. Either way, I think it probably holds. What advice would you give to a martial arts school, but you can't tell them you're from the future? That would cause all sorts of issues. If I could go back in time, and you, you mentioned pre-COVID, so I'm assuming you mean to prep for COVID. Rush hour was awesome. Yeah, it was. If we're talking pre-COVID, and we're talking about preparing for COVID as a, mar excuse me, as a martial arts school, 
Um, there are a variety of really positive things that one could do and some maybe less so. So the less so might be long-term contracts. Um, tightening of the financial belt, not opening new locations. You know, I would tell them, hey, I really think you should just maximize your profit where you are. And I would encourage them to have more online. I would encourage them to have offerings online and I would hide it under the guise of what about all those students of yours that have moved away or go to college, don't get to come to class very often. Here's a way to get you more engaged with them. Because I saw that happen. And that was a really positive thing that wasn't intended when martial arts schools went online for COVID. But to see, to see all that, to see all those people that hadn't trained in five, 10 years because they lived on the other side of the country, finally get to practice forms with these people again, to re-engage with these people is really, really cool. Uh, I know it meant a lot to the schools that I consult with. I think those would be the two main suggestions. Conserve cash and, and stay tight with things. And the other was is to, the recommendation to get some material online for those people really wouldn't have been just for those people, it would have been to help them develop the skills. We saw different martial arts schools embrace online stuff at different rates. And the ones that embraced it earliest and most completely worked through all the things that they had to figure out. Pretty much everybody ended up at Zoom and offering live Zoom classes, but not everybody started there. We had some people offering live early on. We had some people doing pre-recorded on YouTube. Some people were doing whole classes. Some people, my recommendation on those early days was breaking up the curriculum and creating playlists. So you have five or 10 minute segments that you could then string together to make different classes. But that's pretty much nobody finished there. They finished with Zoom because they were trying to approximate their live classes as best they can, the in-person classes. When I, when I think about the what was coming and money, I, I'm, I'm remembering, I offered some advice. I was in a small group and I offered some advice to somebody because they were scared. We saw lockdowns coming and I remember saying, pay the minimums on your credit cards, save as much cash as you can. We don't know what's coming. And somebody in that group who always felt the need to undermine everything I said or did, fortunately, I don't have to deal with this person anymore, who fancied themselves a financial genius because they worked in the financial industry, very quickly told everyone, oh, no, this is terrible advice. Don't, no, Jeremy, don't, don't listen to what Jeremy's saying. Just keep doing what you've been doing. And then the next week, like every financial personality worth their salt came out and said exactly what I said a week prior. Oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I never do.
I'm dumb. Oh, I don't know if there's more advice that I would give. Is there more advice that I would I would take back to those schools? Everybody's struggles were around dealing with the cash flow and the ability to get to their students. Is there something that with more time they could have prepared better? I don't think so. I'm, I'm thinking of, of options like, is there like a, a gamification, uh, an app? Is there a different website, a book? Like I'm thinking of all these things that I, and there was, there's nothing that I've seen over the last 18 months that I've said, you know, if only these schools had more time to prepare, they could have done this. It's really, it was just about surviving the financial hit and, and being as solid as they could for everyone. Uh, Stacy's got a good comment here. We did Facebook live and while it wasn't fully the same, it was great to hear my instructor's voice. See comments from fellow classmates as a person living alone, social was as important as physical then. Yeah. I, you are not alone. That is completely the case. Uh, I said often my living alone in the woods lifestyle really only works when I get to leave the woods and be around other people. And, uh, after a few months of most of my social contact being the grocery store and walking up and down the road shirtless to get vitamin D. If you haven't done the research on vitamin D, you should do the research on vitamin D. I'm not going to say anymore. Um, I found myself going to the grocery store, you know, for one thing is like, oh, I need an egg. I'll go to the store. Strap on my mask. I don't think there's more to say. So let's go back to our IMDb stuff. Daniel says, I'm hugely jealous of your living alone in the woods lifestyle, by the way. Hey, you know, one of the things that I'm playing with now, um, I'm trying to find this transition as an opportunity. Uh, there has been a tremendous amount of time, energy invested in or was invested in maintaining the health of this other entity. And that's no longer necessary. And so what does that mean? That means that I could, I could travel on a whim. And so I'm, I'm thinking about things like that. So what that all means is, Hey, Daniel, you want to come live in my house for a week? I'll take off. I'll go somewhere. I'm actually playing with how do I like Airbnb this place? It's not set up for that, but it could be. We're looking at it. We. The royal way. All right. Back to rush hour two. Those of you watching live or, or even watching later, think about rush hour, not just two, let's, because sometimes the, those, if you haven't watched them in a while, they blur together. It's more or less the same plot and the same actors and the same style. And, and they're a lot of fun. 
what's your favorite moment at rush hour? That's what I'd love to know in the chat. This movie made $347 million at the worldwide box office, becoming the highest grossing installment in the franchise. It also made $226 million at the U.S. box office, becoming the highest grossing installment in the franchise. Like I said, these are very profitable, big money movies. And honestly, probably the peak of, I would say, Jackie Chan's, maybe not skill, but professional career because it was a big movie he still did all of his own work amazing stunt work amazing martial arts work and they were funny and it wasn't just chris tucker who was funny he was funny quite the uh quite the renaissance man And our last comment here. Uh, in an interview, director Brett Radner, admit, Ratner admitted that the first part of the karaoke scene with Chris Tucker was not supposed to be filmed. Tucker refused to act like Michael Jackson with the cameras running. Between takes, he went up as entertainment for everyone. Secretly, Ratner told the cameraman to film it, but to not let Tucker notice them. Hmm. Chris Tucker does some great impersonations. And actually, uh, I've seen a stand-up special where he's done an impersonation of Michael Jackson that is perfect. It's utterly perfect. Uh, if you've not seen it, you could probably check it out. Oh, oh, we got two comments we got to bring up here in a moment. If Chris Tucker hadn't succeeded as a comedian or as an actor, he could have easily made a very good living as a Michael Jackson impersonator especially now that Michael Jackson has passed away. His, his mannerisms, he's got it so dialed. I bet you could find that on YouTube. So Daniel says, best part of Rush Hour is obviously Jackie Chan singing War. That was a great moment. And the irony is that Jackie Chan's actually a pretty solid singer and he's released albums. Stacy says, so I should watch them. Stacy, you've never watched the Rush Hour films. They are so much fun. I think you would really enjoy them. You should definitely check them out. And Dennis says, so many great moments. I love the casino scene with Chris Tucker playing craps, pure brilliance and hysterical. I think Chris Tucker's personality is so big. I, I wonder if he's able to turn it down in real life. Because if you watch everything he ever does in films, not, I've never seen him do anything where his energy isn't filling the entire scene. You know, think about where I think his most iconic stuff is. It's a big scene with lots of people and he is owning that space. Dennis's comment about the casino. He's owning that whole thing, all those people. And you watch and if you were there, if that was real life, absolutely your eyes would be completely transfixed on Chris Tucker. Hard, hard not to pay attention to somebody with that kind of energy. All right. I think this is, this is a good point. Wind down. Okay. So, everybody. Don't forget, if you want to help us out, whether it's grabbing a new shirt, 
there is limited stock of black sparring gear. We've got a few other odds and ends of things, but really the apparel and the gear are the two things that you've got the most of available at whistlekick.com. We've also got the Patreon, patreon.com slash whistlekick, free stuff, uh, bonus content, all kinds of good things over there. And then we've also got books over at Amazon. Are you a fan of Master Ken? We recently released a book collecting the episode with Master Ken and then the episode with Joe Conway, who is Todd. So you might want to check those out. And there's a bunch of others. We're constantly rolling them out. You know, the best selling book of ours over at Amazon lately, it's been Master Hopkick Origins. That book was responsible, I think, for half of our sales last month. It is such a great book. I don't, I don't care. Everybody needs to read that book. Please go read that book and try to tell me that it's not a great written book. I had virtually nothing to do with it. Maybe that's why it's so great. Uh, that's part of why I appreciate it so much. That's for sure. Dennis has one last comment here. The outtakes at the end of at the end of two, rush hour two, demonstrates the dynamic of friendship between these two amazing actors. Absolutely does. Are we getting a part two of the book you wrote? Yes. When? I don't know. Uh, it has to bubble up and be a, become a priority. Right now, we've got a whole bunch of stuff going with the training programs. I'm trying to get forwards written for people, from people. Uh, I've got a doctor, um, got a personal trainer, the massage therapist I reached out to, um, my first choice. That, that looks like it's not going to go, so I got to think of who's second on my list and uh yeah master hopkick was so much fun oh uh, the name of the book i wrote was faith the katana chronicles it's available in audio form too if you've only listened to it or only watched red eyes red Jeremy. maybe you should go listen to it it's over there yeah. i'll see you back here tomorrow have a great day.